Welcome to the Sourcing Hero podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Brian Chaplin. Brian has experience managing indirect procurement in manufacturing-centric industries like consumer packaged goods, aerospace, and energy. He changed jobs during the pandemic, moving into healthcare distribution at a very interesting time in the industry, and has been working to formalize his team and modernize their procurement operations ever since. So, hi, Brian. Thank you so much for being here with me on the Sourcing Hero podcast. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. So, I shared a really high-level explanation of your background in my intro, but what else do you think it's valuable for people to know about your professional journey to this point? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, So, you know, one of my passions really around um, being in the indirect sourcing world is just I've got many different uh, industries that I've been involved in, like you said, and what I really enjoy and, and do try to do when I go to new jobs and, and new industries is really try to take a look at all the facilities and really passionate about how can we improve that, right, from an, from an indirect sourcing perspective. So, you know, it could be, you know, looking at why we do something and trying to change it or look at different things in those facilities that just based on my experience, right. Um, so very passionate about that. And then I have a a lot of experience with um, e-procurement systems and and have had um, experience, you know, at one of my last jobs of implementing an e-procurement system, which has been very, um, very interesting and um, very rewarding experience. Now, I mentioned that you moved into healthcare during the pandemic, which seems like an incredible challenge, but apparently not enough of a challenge for you because you're also managing a remote <laughs> team that's located in Mexico. So what has that transition and the management of that team been like? Yeah, it's very, uh, it's been very, um, a really good learning experience. I, I don't have experience managing um teams in different countries so that one is has been a a new experience for me but two just trying to understand um the culture um the team Um, we have a really good team um, in mexico and so it's been really exciting to just try to learn from them and understand you know how we do things differently down there versus maybe in the u.s and you know are there things down there that we can do um, that we do in the U.S., right? So it's it's really trying to find that balance. Um, and so it's been a very interesting experience and very good learning experience for, for my career. And I think, you know, to the point of that experience, one of the things that you mentioned previously when we spoke, and I think this is something that a lot of listeners will identify with, is that in addition to the management challenges and, of course, the external challenges presented by the pandemic, especially in your industry, you're also trying to reposition 
and even in a way redefine what procurement is and what procurement does internally. Can you talk a little bit about the vision that you're working towards and then maybe some detail about where your team is on that journey? Yeah, good question. So, you know, one of the things that that I really want to try to do at Medline is try to take us from being tactical to being more strategic, right? And so really working with not only my team in Mexico, but even management on how do we educate you know, our internal stakeholders as far as really looking at us as a value added partner versus just a just a, a mere support function. And, and what I mean by that is look at us more than just, hey, we're here to cut a PO or here we're, you know, we're just um, just kind of like a roadblock, right? It's really indirect sourcing at Medline is very um, new, the concept. Um, and so I'm one of the first true teams at Medline. So really educate the company as a whole as what we could provide them um, long term. And so in Mexico right now, you know, that's kind of what we've, what I've been preaching to them is how do we work with the stakeholders internally and educate them on what we can do, right? Not just um, uh, cut a purchase order or, um, you know, be that person that just we're there and they flip it over the fence and then we place a PO. So try to be more strategic from that perspective. And I imagine a piece of that has to be starting within procurement and helping your team imagine, well, the way that we actually talk about it on my team at Art of Procurement is we talk about helping people imagine the art of the possible. And so before the rest of the organization can see you as more than just a source of POs, your team has to start to think about and identify differently in terms of what is our value proposition beyond simply doing this tactical work. Has it been an interesting challenge, not only inspiring your team as to what potential exists beyond the PO, but then also hearing back from them potentially about ideas that they have around how to expand the value that the group offers? Yeah, and that's that's a good point. So one of the things I, d- I didn't mention earlier is um, when we first took over, I first took over this group in Mexico. There was really just a, a person making a decision, and the other team, other team members were just there to support. And so what we tried to do down there is to push the decision making on everyone and allow everyone to make decisions um, based on their experiences, right? Um, and you're never going to learn if you can't have a team down there making their own decisions, right? Yeah. And so we've tried to educate them. They're like, listen, sometimes the decision may not be right, but this is the reason why, and, and can they teach them that way? So we really try to push the, you know, what do you think versus telling them what to do, right? So we're just trying to train them on um, making their own decisions, which is, a, which is key. And it's empowering, but it's, I mean, we talk about change management all the time, and not only is it a new type of work, you're talking about distributing decision-making responsibility, but there is an inherent risk that's associated with raising your hand and sharing an idea or actually being empowered to make a decision. And so I'm sure it's incredibly important that you're also creating this culture around, it is okay to make mistakes, 
right? Because that's going to be a natural part of the process. Um, and so I'm sure that's been an interesting component of your leadership journey as well. So changing the, the culture of the team in addition to changing sort of the internal branding and potential of procurement. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and obviously big picture for me is how do we, how can we use my team for the entire North America, right? Like, so when they start to make decisions and start either saying, no, we don't do it this way or pushing back and kind of just building their brand, it helps us as far as trying to drive that growth, not only in Mexico, but across the entire, um, entire North America, right? So that people look at us and say, oh, we've got a team that can, I can help them there. He can help me there. And it, it's, it becomes a lot better for not only the team in Mexico, but Medline as a whole. Absolutely. And speaking of that big picture company-wide Medline perspective, one of the other things that is interesting, and again, I think a lot of people will see this as something that they share with you, is that your organization is very heavily sales and marketing driven. So there's an extreme top-line focus. What have you seen as the greatest potential value proposition for procurement, given that that's something you're unlikely to be able to change? Yeah, really for, I mean, for me, it's, it's how can we help achieve overall department goals, not just cost savings goals, right? Um, sometimes, and obviously cost savings is going to be a, a component for procurement always, right? Sure. That's never going to go away, but how can we help you know, the IT department or HR department um, with their overall department goals. And they're not just cost savings goals, right? It, it could be, you know, small wins here and there. Maybe it's implementing a, a piece of technology that, that helps them achieve their goals, whether it's, you know, tracking temp labor or, um, you know, helping track our IT assets. So it's, it's, it's not just cost savings, I think. And that's how, um, for me, it's like, how do we educate everyone that, Yes, cost is good, but how do we really improve and help your overall department goals? And it could be, again, just helping with just efficiencies within each department. Absolutely. So we've we've talked about the journey that you're on to reposition procurement, some of the changes that have been made internally by you and your team, and then naturally the relationships and, and how that has evolved between procurement and the other functions spread throughout North America. But we haven't touched yet upon how this journey might have impacted supplier relationships. Um, and those are absolutely critical. That's something that no one can deny after the challenges of the last couple of years and some of the supply chain issues that continue. Has building relationships and potentially even changing the nature of relationships with key suppliers been part of that training and education program that you've invested in with your team? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, um, it, and it, there's a couple different things, right? I think internal stakeholders is key and then external, like you said, suppliers. So really what I've been preaching as far as the internal stakeholder piece and building that rapport is getting out and walking the facility, right? And and trying to understand why we do things. And it could be, you know, it could be in transportation. It could be even at HR locally. It could be IT, but just working with those stakeholders internally. Um, and understanding what their needs are, right? And building those relationships. I think we, we haven't done that enough. And that's a big proponent for me is getting out to the floor, talking to people, understanding, 
because then when somebody comes to you with a need, now they understand why, right? Yes. And so it's very big to do that. And as far as like the external suppliers, it's really one, we never really did it a lot is invite people into Medline, especially in Mexico. So we've started to invite suppliers just to come and visit Medline and say, see what you're doing for us. That has been lost, right? It's, it's, we've had several instances where, you know, maybe a supplier hadn't been on our floor for three or four years. So really starting to say, Hey, come to us, but also doing key audits and key evaluations with key suppliers. Um, meaning, you know, if it's a cafeteria supplier, we're going to go to that supplier and sit down with them and talk through um, specifics of our contract, specifics of performance. And we just really haven't done that. So really educating them on just a, just mm -hmm. the foundation of like a supplier relationship management, um, which was not really, you know, really focused down there. So we're trying to do that and really just start building relationships um, with those key suppliers. There are actually two things that you mentioned that I think are, are really interesting and I can see where they would work well in conjunction with each other. One is this idea of understanding the why. I've, I've heard some discussions of this, but I think where maybe procurement hasn't gone as far as we can with it is whether it's our objectives out towards stakeholders or out towards suppliers so that we don't come across as just saying, okay, well, governance and compliance, you know, we want what we want. And, you know, there are, there are legitimate business risk and business continuity reasons behind these things that we ask for, but also understanding why stakeholders are asking for something. Because in many cases, what they have literally asked for may not necessarily be what they need. And so if you can get to the business driver behind the request, that may ultimately change what procurement is going to market to find. But I think the other piece that I think is critical is this idea of building the relationships with suppliers, but not just having it be, we're friends now, backing it up with those audits and evaluations. Has that been an interesting process, both the closeness, you said inviting them in, building the relationships out a little bit more personally, but then putting some data and specifics behind it from an evaluation standpoint. Yeah. And I, I think I mentioned it earlier. It's just, we never empowered mm. our buyers to do this. And so it is eye-opening because it's trying to train each, each individual, like how do you even go about doing this? Right. And then how do you understand to your point, like what, what's valuable for the supplier versus what's valuable for us and really understanding that relationship. Um, and so my big thing is, and it's, it's very simple, but it's like, ask the questions, yes. right? No question is wrong. And I think the more questions you ask, the better educated you are. And that, and that goes with internal stakeholders too. Um, and that's just kind of been my philosophy is truly just understand where you're at know your customers, um, it's going to help you when they come to you and say, hey, I want to buy this piece of equipment. And then you understand what their needs are and what they're looking for. And and so it's, it's again, it's very simple, but ask the right questions um, and can, continue to ask those questions until you get what you're looking for. Absolutely. And, and as simple as it may sound, asking the right questions is an incredibly difficult thing to do, especially consistently and at scale. There are plenty of organizations that have even had a value orientation from a procurement perspective for a long time that are still working 
on that journey. You know, learning to ask those questions is so critical. And I imagine it's going to play an important part on the journey that you're taking uh, because you're emphasizing that so early. So I think I think that's something that everybody should take away from this is that it's not always about knowing the right thing to say. In some cases, it's knowing the right question to ask at the right time. Yeah. And I think you develop that right over time yes. by continually doing this, you'll understand. And then, then you'll know what question to ask as far as like, and that's what I've kind of tried to teach, you know, my buyers is listen, ask the questions it may not be the right question, but continue it. And then you'll finally, you'll start to get into that groove where you know what the right question is and you know what the thing to ask and what you're looking for, but it takes time for sure. It does. No, it absolutely does take time. Um, and certainly, you know, it's been interesting hearing about your journey to this point. Um, at some point, we'll have you back to hear how things have progressed. Um, but before I let you go today, uh, regular listeners will know that I ask sort of the same pair of questions to everybody that joins me here on The Sourcing Hero. Um, so you get a choice, Brian. This is up to you. I would like to know from you either... What does the idea of a sourcing hero mean to you? Or how would you define heroism in a business context? Yeah, I would really talk about what does the idea of a sourcing hero mean? That's probably what I'll sure. focus on. But um, for me, it's, it's, it's really being an active listener and then being able to learn and continually learn and then driving change. I think that's key for me is the leaders that I've been around, the people I think that are heroes are able to put aside their, you know, what they think and really truly listen to, you know, your buyers, your purchasing managers, your senior managers, and really learn from those individuals. I think it, that's to me, as long as we are continually listening, continually learning from others and then driving those things that you learn into really effective change is kind of what I define as a sourcing hero. I think that's incredibly interesting. I like the fact that you started with listening. Um, from a from a distance, it sounds like as much as you're trying to deliver value beyond savings, you're approaching it in an empathetic way within your own team, as well as with the internal and external groups that you interface with. Um, and I think that's something that Again, all of us are on this continual journey, but the more that we can become better active listeners and then make sure that we do understand the rationale behind the things that are being said and asked for, I think I think there's a lot of power in that. Um, it would be easy to assume that heroism just means, you know, jumping over large walls and, you know, that kind of thing. But but there's there's an importance to quiet strength as well and knowing how to handle challenging situations. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a great perspective on it. Yeah. And I, I don't think you need to, I, I think for me being really humble too plays a really big part in, into being that great listener yeah. and that person that's willing to learn from, from everybody. Right. And their ideas aren't bigger than anybody else's. Right. They're able to, to say, Oh yeah, that makes sense. You're right. Right. I think that's big. I totally agree. So Brian, for people that have listened in, that have enjoyed hearing about your story and certainly have learned something from your perspective on how to change procurement, 
What is the best way for people to get in touch if they're interested in connecting with you or learning more? Yeah, so they can they can reach me on LinkedIn. My my profile is Brian Chaplin ninety nine. So if you type that in, you'll you'll be able to find me. That's the best way to to get a hold of me and then send me a message and definitely I'll I'll respond. Excellent. Well, Brian, it was a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Sourcing Hero. Thanks so much, Kelly, for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for The Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, sourcing heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well and always remember that you can be a hero too.